where the miracle of pregnancy meets the reality of your changing body, where taking care of our kids meets taking care of ourselves, and where the daily frustrations of feeding a family meet establishing lifelong healthy habits. This is The Messy Intersection. Hello and welcome back to The Messy Intersection. I am your host, Diana, and I am a registered dietitian specializing in child and maternal health. Today, my guest is also a registered dietitian who was pregnant with her first baby when we recorded. And I think our topic today is something that anyone who's been pregnant can identify with, which is unwelcome comments about our bodies. I think that something that's really important to keep in mind about this topic is that it's just very personal. As Megan and I will discuss, one woman might be happy to be asked about, you know, a bump update when she's pregnant and others might feel like it's a violation of their privacy. Of course, many of us who are not pregnant get unwelcome comments about our bodies too, whether you'd like to be pregnant, but you aren't, and other people think it's their business to ask you, or you're not pregnant, but people assume you are based on how your body looks. That's definitely been the case for me a couple of times. Both of those are definitely topics I hope to explore in future episodes. I think all of this just plays into the wider theme of our culture's demands and expectations of women's bodies. But before I get too heated about that topic, I think I should just go ahead and dive into the episode because Megan and I are definitely going to chat about that. So just remember that the content on the show is for informational purposes only and not a substitute for professional medical advice. And the views I express are my personal opinions and don't represent the views of my clients or employers. So my guest today is Megan Womack. Megan is a registered dietitian who is a native of New Mexico and studied nutrition at the University of New Mexico in Albuquerque. She now lives in Bozeman, Montana, where since 2017, she has run her own private practice specializing in the treatment of eating disorders. She has worked in the field of eating disorders for seven years and recently became a certified eating disorders registered dietitian through the International Association of Eating Disorders Professionals. She and her husband have two dogs, an old crabby cat, and a little baby whom I should mention was in her belly during the time of recording but has since been born. Also, this is one of the episodes I recorded pre-COVID, so whenever Megan mentions things like teaching exercise classes while pregnant, just remember that that was back in the before times when we could do normal things like go to and teach exercise classes while pregnant. <sighs> Don't you miss the before times? I know I do. Anyway, let's hear from Megan. Hey, Megan. Welcome to the Messy Intersection. Hi, Diana. How are you doing? I'm awesome. And thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited for this conversation. Yeah, me too. So I invited Megan on the show today because she is currently pregnant with her first child. And mm -hmm. she's been noticing the way that other people talk about her pregnant body. I think that this is something a lot of pregnant women experience. But Megan is a dietitian who works in the field of eating disorders. And being that she's exposed to the messages that we get about women's bodies every day and in her professional work, I thought she might have some insight about what to make of these experiences and whether body comments are appropriate or not and in what context. So Megan, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and the kind of work that you do? Sure. Yeah. So I currently live in Bozeman, Montana. We're kind of putting roots down here, but I'm originally from New Mexico. I went to the University of New Mexico for new, studying nutrition. So this has been my career kind of from the get-go. I feel like it's sort of important in terms of 
my current experience being pregnant to talk about just my experience as, you know, a younger person kind of throughout my life with body image. Working in the field of eating disorders has made me so much more aware of how big body image is for people. But I can say for myself that I grew up in a pretty critical family, pretty critical of female bodies, lots of comments all the time. I swam as a kid, which I feel like made it even more intense, just seeing bodies in swimsuits. So there was always this fear and pressure to be thin or fit. Exercise was a really big thing, still is in my family. And so you know that there was that sort of set the stage of being kind of hyper aware of bodies probably not that dissimilar to most women but that you know was always on my mind and certainly when i went into the field of nutrition and definitely when i started working with eating disorders so that kind of happened almost by accident i was in grad school had not really had you know, the work of eating, working with people with eating disorders in my sights at any point, but met a really great dietitian who came to one of my classes in graduate school and did this great presentation. And I wasn't working at the time and literally was like, I would be happy to help if you need any help. And so that was back in 2013. And really, once I started doing that work, it just all felt right. And it felt like I could understand what these folks were going through and learning you know, nutrition counseling skills that I needed and also the real medical nutrition therapy knowledge that you need in order to treat eating disorders all came. I was eager to learn all of that, which was so exciting. So, you know, I've been really headed in that I've been working with eating disorders since then. You know, really before that time, I'd always kind of, I think, without knowing the words or the phrases, been a little dubious of diet culture not knowing that term diet culture and not knowing the term of intuitive eating either. But I'd always just been a little bit more interested in the individual needs of each person I worked with and finding that a lot of not harm, but just not good care comes from assuming a lot about the people that I was working with, even when I was working in long-term care. And so I feel like diet culture assumes so much about how we're taking care of ourselves and how we should do it differently. And so learning about how to challenge that and, and really not align with diet culture and to go more into more towards intuitive eating was so, it just clicked really nicely with me. So, so yeah, now I work here in Bozeman. I have a little private practice and am now pregnant and it's making me so much more aware of just different body experiences and and how the world is so interested in female bodies it's crazy yeah very much so so what has been your experience with your pregnancy so far both in terms of of how you've seen your own body change and how that's been for you and then you know what are some of the experiences you've had with what other people think or feel about your body so I feel like going in, you know, going into pregnancy, wanting at some point in my life to get pregnant, really hoping for that. You know, I sort of had my guard up uh, or I was sort of, I don't know, mentally preparing myself for this very different body experience and feedback from the world. I'm naturally in a thinner body. And so I've not had a lot of there's been that pressure in my family to make sure you stay thin, but I've benefited from thin privilege most of my life. So knowing that my body was going to change in how it looks 
was something I was sort of bracing myself for. And so it's been, it's been an interesting ride. I feel like some of the cliches that I was wondering if might happen really haven't happened. I haven't had like older ladies in the grocery store line touch my belly. And that was something that people would talk about. And I was like ready for that, had like a comeback ready and everything. And that has not happened once. I've only had one unwelcome belly touch, but it was really from a friend. And it was really, it was totally benign. We all laughed about it, like as it was happening. So it's been, I feel like in the beginning, there was sort of this bump watch thing that, you know, everyone was just, I could see them just checking my stomach area when I'd walk into rooms of especially other women. And, you know, when I really wasn't showing people saying that they could see something and it just felt so intrusive, especially since it was early in the pregnancy. You know, I am a bit of a worry wart. And so I was like, well, anything could happen. And like all this attention I was getting, it just felt a little like putting the cart before the horse in, in a way. Mm-hmm. Like this could all fly out the window at this point. And I, like all this attention to my belly felt so weird and just made me aware, like I already said, of how much we pay attention to female bodies. So in the beginning, you know, that was, I think, where I felt the most consistently almost upset about just how much people were looking at me. Did you find that they were talking or asking you about your pregnancy in any other ways? Or was it mostly about how you looked? Just, well, you know, how are you feeling Mm -hmm. in the early stages, which (laughs) I'm someone who doesn't have a super strong filter, but I'm also careful with my words at the same time. So it's like, do you really want to (laughs) know? Do you want to know how my bowels are all messed up and I'm (laughs) nauseous, but want to eat a lot at the same time. And I'm tired and I get gas. That's insane. Like, do you really want to know that? You know, you're asking this question, but I don't know. Like, I think what they wanted, you know, was like, Oh, I feel great. It's a miracle. Blah, blah, blah. And so that also bugged me. And I did speak up at one point, there was a gal that was on bump watch, hardcore, always asking me how I was feeling. And I just eventually said, like, you know, I, I, it would be great if you just didn't ask me about that every single time I saw you, because not a lot's changing, you know? So just assume I, I'm in my first trimester. I probably don't feel great. And you're not going to see anything in my stomach for a little while. <laughs> so let's just like leave it alone. Yeah. And she was blessedly very receptive. So it went okay. But But yeah, but then once I started to show, I don't know, I was sort of, I felt more of a sense of pride in my body. Like, look, it's doing this thing, like so far so good. And if I'm being honest, you know, I was grateful that I wasn't seeing massive changes. You know, I wasn't seeing the number on the scale. Not that I, I mean, they just weigh you at the doctor's office. I don't check my weight at home, but I wasn't seeing that rocket up. So I'd be lying if I didn't say that I was hoping for you know, sort of minimal impact on my body. So once I started to show that kind of felt good, it was like, okay, this is really real. Things are going well. And I feel like the comments kind of plateaued, like people were less, they were just used to me, the idea of me being pregnant. But it's when I started to kind of get into the third trimester and people had this sort of sense like, okay, she's been pregnant for a while. Baby's going to be coming soon, probably, that I feel the comments started. And, you know, and she's, they're sort of the assessing the, the success of the pregnancy in a way. Assessing the success of the pregnancy through your body transformation? 
I think that was, that's been my sort of interpretation and wondering. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the reason it's bugged me so much where it really came to a head was at my baby shower. There was just, there was an older woman there who just kept saying, Oh, you're doing it right because you exercise. And I teach a dance fitness format and I've been, I've been able to teach it or I was able to teach it till 36 weeks. For part of that, I was team teaching because it was way too hard to do alone. But it was like there were these actually images of me on social media teaching, you know, like sweaty and, you know, and pregnant. And I was getting so much praise for doing it right. You know, like I was controlling my weight gain Mm -hmm. and, you know, exercising for the health of my body and the baby. But no, just there were so many assumptions in those compliments. When in reality, yeah, I was teaching the dance class and maybe going one other time a week and then taking my dog for a walk. So it's not as if I was like doing a ton, you know, but there was this assumption that, oh, she's exercising. She physically looks thin. She's doing it right. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's certainly, you know, in terms of the pregnancy niche of diet culture, that is something that we see. I mean, we have a magazine called Fit Pregnancy, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're, I'm sure there, you know, there's images on Instagram about, you know, women with shredded abs and tiny baby bumps. And we're oh, all exposed yeah. to those kind of things. You know, I was, I was definitely what you said about hoping for minimal impact on your body is something that resonated with me during my first pregnancy. Like you, I'm naturally in a smaller body and I was really worried about my body changing. And I'd certainly, you know, felt a sense of pride when I was gaining according to, you know, the, the, you know, check marks that, you know, it's either the World Health Organization or uh, some American organization that uses it. This is the, you know, right amount of weight to gain during mm-hmm. our pregnancies. But what's so interesting about that, and I think both you and I know this, is that we were eating according to our appetites, right? And, and our, body, right. our bodies did what they were going to do. And I've heard experiences of other pregnant women who have, you know, very, very different experiences in terms of their weight gain. And I'm saying that I'm guilty of it myself, but it's a dangerous path to go down in terms of thinking maybe that you are doing it right when your Mm -hmm. body's just doing what it's going to do. Right. Yeah. Being pregnant is such a crazy experience of realizing how little control you have in, in a lot of ways with your body. You know, I was just like, okay, like I can make sure I'm, you know, eating and, and not restricting for any reason and trying to sleep and like move around and drink water. But that's like kind of it in terms of what I can like really have, you know, my, my hands on the rest of it is just this uh, really amazing thing that the body does. And so, you know, that weight change that happens, it's, it's just crazy to me that there are these ranges of, you know, if your BMI is at this here you should gain this much if it's here you should gain this much and and when in reality i don't think we have nearly that control and it is a very slippery slope to try and control that especially postpartum i would think yeah in my experience most doctors have those you know weight gain milestones and don't think too much of it but, i mean they're they're those numbers are based on outcomes for healthy babies and that's obstetricians you know number one priority generally you know so i've heard you know women who 
had their weight check and the doctor says, oh, slow down on the weight gain, you know, just, you know, keep, keep an eye on that weight. And, you know, a lot of medical professionals who aren't informed of you know, the risk of eating disorders like we are don't realize what a slippery slope that can be for a woman. But then again, I, I think also just comments that we get from our friends and family can have that kind of impact as well. Do you want to share some of the comments that you've received? Well, yeah. And just to touch on that point, when I was an intern that you were just talking about, I just remember this so vividly. I, I was at WIC, like doing my little rotation with WIC. And this woman came in who was pregnant with twins. And I had my little like, you know, weight gain chart for having multiples or, mm-hmm. I mean, it was so long ago, but, and she was gaining weight faster than was recommended. And I just felt like we were grilling her and she's just looking at us like, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> this is hard, you know, and I'm 23, just like, well, okay, you know, like, I don't even know what to tell you to do differently. Cause you're just like, you're just kind of along for the ride. So yeah, yeah. it's yeah. It's, Speaking it's, of people pregnant with twins, I, I know someone who years ago was pregnant with twins. And I remember, and this was far before I was informed about a lot of things related to health at every size and body positivity. When she was maybe seven or eight months pregnant, I exclaimed that she looked nine months pregnant and looking back, I'm so embarrassed, you know, (laughs) I'm sure she was getting those comments left and right. And was like, yep, still really big, still (laughs) nowhere near having this baby. Thanks. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which sort of, yeah, that I've had, I had a comment to answer your question from a woman who's had a baby. She's, she's the receptionist in the office space that I rent. So she's seen me this whole time, like really regularly. And when I started showing, she was like, I wonder if the baby's going to be really big. <laughs> and I was like, and my response has been, cause also my mother-in-law said when she finally saw a picture of me, cause we, I haven't been posting pictures. She said, you're bigger than I expected, mm-hmm. which was just, I was really so shocked. I was like, it's 2020. Like, I can't believe that that felt like an okay thing to say. And so my response in those situations has been like, well, my but like I am measuring right on track, you know, which I don't know. I mean, is a convenient, it's certainly a very convenient answer because that is the truth. My little, my fundal height or whatever was right on track with how many weeks I was at least up until 36. So yeah, that was my response to them was basically you're wrong. <laughs> right. right. But, but if I, in the case of another woman who wasn't, you know, quote unquote, right on track, yeah. you know, if she didn't have that, you know, truth to fall back on, we don't necessarily know that there's anything. I mean, even if there is something going on, it's none of our business to talk about. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's kind of the thing is I always, you know, grateful that I had that to say, and I can only imagine you know, what kind of sort of spiral my thoughts would do if it was like, oh yeah, like I am a little bit bigger than I'm, you know, quote unquote supposed to be. And it's just when it feels like all eyes are on you and there's this so much pressure to do the whole process of pregnancy correctly, whether it be, did you eat deli meat? Have you had a sip sip of beer? Are you gaining too fast or too slow? You know, am I showing enough? You know, I've heard of that where if women aren't showing as much as people expect, 
they'll say like, oh, is there a baby in there? Mm -hmm. Which can be really upsetting, especially if someone's had a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just, there's this weird monitoring that's happening that I think is just unfortunate. It seems to me like there's just as we have, you know, a, an ideal non-pregnant woman's body, the the mm-hmm. body that we see on the cover of magazines, that's sort of the ideal that a lot of women are uh, trying to achieve, you know, as put forth by diet culture, there's an ideal pregnant woman body as well, you know, as a thin woman who's all bump. It's always bothered me that you type anything related to pregnancy into Pinterest and you get how to have an all bump pregnancy as if there's anything I can do about it. It happens to me all the time. (laughs) But I think the difference is any, you know, woman in your life, non-pregnant woman in your life, you don't say like, Oh, Hey, your tummy sure is hanging out. Like we we might be thinking that because that's what diet culture does to us, but it's not really socially accepted to say that. But for mm-hmm. some reason, in the case of pregnancy, it is socially accepted to start making mm-hmm. those comments. What's that about? Right. Right. I know. It's, I mean, it's like there's a clear reason, you know, this person's pregnant. So therefore, okay, check that off. I don't have to like wonder if, you know, their life is a mess or mm-hmm. something, you know, medically is going on. Although I, I don't know how often people really think about those things when they make body comments. You know, especially praising weight loss as if that's always a good thing, which there are a lot of times when it is not a good thing. It was so interesting in my, in Albuquerque, when I was working with eating disorders down there, one of my coworkers, she got pregnant and I have no idea if she was tracking or not tracking, but you know, so much of the female, like the body's geometry dictates how you're going to show anyway. So if you have a long torso, there's more space. So there's just less, the body doesn't have to push the belly out as much. Even that's not a guarantee. But anyway, she just, she had kind of a big pregnant belly and people thought she was having twins and they'd say, oh, congratulations for twins. And she had to tell them, no, it's just, there's one baby in there. But what was so fascinating was the clients we were working with who are so sensitive about body comments and, you know, we're in a treatment like setting where all of that's really, there are rules basically. And they couldn't stop mentioning what she looked like. It felt like all, like no rules applied to her. And she eventually had to say something to the group because it was upsetting, like truly upsetting to her just as a person. So, you know, it's just, it is really fascinating how okay that seems to people to comment on pregnant women's bodies. You had said something in a post about like there's this sort of community investment in the health of the child when in reality, like, are they actually going to be involved? And I've thought a lot about that. I don't know if you were going to say anything yeah, about that. But. So what, I mean, if I just had to speculate, I would say <laughs> that, you know, people feel that they're able to comment on women's bodies on the whole, you know, just as a, a societal thing when, you know, really it's quite inappropriate. But then when pregnancy enters the mix, I think people, a, a baby's coming, right? <laughs> you know, it's a joyful thing. This, and this baby is about to become a member of society and society is all, it belongs to all of us. This baby is joining us in the world, right? Therefore, the, the body is no longer just the woman's. And obviously we could go down a whole other track with all the other issues that are related to that not going there today. <laughs> but 
Uh, there's this collective sense that the body is no longer just the woman's and it's not just the baby's either. <laughs> it's all of mm-hmm. ours. And therefore, because this woman is bringing the baby into the world for us to enjoy, you know, we get to start talking about it basically. And I think that this can be even more tricky when we start talking about, you know, our own moms and mothers-in-law and people at our baby shower, because, you know, this, this baby is about to become a member of their family. It's really important to them. And, you know, they want to feel connected and we just don't know what to say otherwise sometimes (laughs) it can almost feel too impersonal to zip your lips so it's almost like what should we talk about Mm -hmm. yeah no I mean it's such a good question it's yeah I mean I've just been so fascinated by the fact that it's not new on the scene to you know don't comment on pregnant women's bodies or how big they're getting. I feel like that's, you know, something that a lot of people hear that aren't in, you know, the field of eating disorders or, you know, having these kinds of conversations all the time. And yet it still happens. And I just really wonder what that's about. I think it has to, I think it connects to how we perceive health, you know, the over critical nature towards female bodies as a whole. And then you add pregnancy in there and it just adds all these added layers of interest and peels away these other sort of filters and sensors. And it's just a very weird little like blip or something. So I think what's really interesting is that people often have really positive things to say about Mm -hmm. pregnant women. They, They feel like this is something they can do to be encouraging towards the woman or, you know, just like they might say, Oh, you're having a great hair day. They might say, Oh, yes. look, look at that. Look at that adorable bum. And I know for me in my, in my first pregnancy in particular, people would say to me, Oh, look at you. You're all bump. And, you know, being in a small body and, you know, wanting to preserve the fact that I was in a small body because it's, you know, of the way that our culture values small bodies. At the time, I remember thinking, cause I was concerned about the weight that would or wouldn't come off after pregnancy. I remember thinking, well, everybody seems to think that I'm all bump. So that means that when this baby comes out and the bump goes away, I'll get my body, my regular body back because I was all bump in the first place. And everybody agreed I was all bump. And then when that didn't happen, so at the time I I internalized it as a positive comment. And then down the line, when that didn't happen, and I I remained like half bump, how I like to describe it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was like, well, you know, what, what did I do wrong? You know, I, I got the baby out, but this bump is still here. I thought I was just going to go back to normal. Everybody said I was all bump. So I think that made it even harder for me to accept my postpartum body at the time because I had quote unquote done everything right. I was tracking according to the markers of weight gain and the weight just didn't magically fall off like I had wanted it to. Like I imagine most women want it to. And, you know, we we just, what the bottom line is about that is we all have different bodies and people respond to postpartum changes in different ways and there's not a whole lot we can do about it. But Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, yeah, that so much of what you said, I feel like has run through my head, like this feedback of, oh, you're, you know, you're doing it right and, you know, you're exercising. And so that's going to help you, you know, not gain too much weight in your pregnancy. And although no one's really said anything specifically about postpartum, at least that I'm remembering right now, it feels implied, like Mm -hmm. you're going to have an easier time on the other side of this. Mm -hmm. And because 
you exercise a lot, which I don't, but there's this perceived mm-hmm. amount because I teach a fitness mm-hmm. format that it's going to, I'm going to have an easier time with it. Cause I want women in the postpartum state to have an easier time with their recoveries, but mm-hmm. you mean an easier time with the, your weight loss. Yeah. Getting my body back, Yeah, you know, or not having as hard of an experience as maybe some people have had in, in their postpartum bodies when you know, my work experience working with women just across the lifespan and how all of our bodies are changing all the time, age just does that, that there's only so much control you really have. And is that how I want to focus my efforts after I give birth? And the answer is no. And so I feel really lucky that I work in the field that I do where I have these conversations all the time with folks about accepting their body as it is, you know, if like, how do you want to focus your emotional energy and your physical energy? Is it really just all about controlling your body or could it be harnessed in more satisfying ways? And so I already have that dialogue kind of going on in my head, but yeah, it's been interesting just sort of looking at the other side. I mean, I'm 38 weeks now, so it's like, not that far away. And, you know, I'm very, I'm very curious to see how it all is going to feel in terms of what my body feels like on the other side. I don't expect to get my body back because first of all, it has gone nowhere. (laughs) It's here. (laughs) Yeah. It, I think the pressure to do it right and then do it right on the other side is really unfortunate and just such a massive distraction from what's actually most important. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And and And, taking care of your mental and emotional and physical needs. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, this sort of having an easier time. I wish there was more, I don't know, questions about like, how are things feeling emotionally? And like, Mm -hmm. what's your, do you have any sense of how things might feel on the other side or, or sharing that experience? I feel like that would be such a valuable conversation rather than you know, you're, you're all bump or, you know, you look so good right now for being so pregnant, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, like, oh yeah, emotionally, I was really ready for that baby to come out. And then it came out and things were really weird and and sharing that and having that be part of the like community experience of bringing this new life into the world of like, how do you take care of yourself? And how have other women done that? I would love to know that. I would love to know how my aunt did that. And Yeah. Well, what strikes me about what you just said is that it's really easy to talk about our physical appearances. We, we, assuming that you can see (laughs) a pregnant woman walks into the room and you pretty much have all the information that you need to talk about her physical appearance, whether, whether whether it's her bump or she's, you know, her face is glowing or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But talking about those emotional needs and asking appropriate questions is a lot harder. <laughs> so it's right. like the, the, the physical element of it is, is just kind of a cover up. Because I mean, it, as we very well know, women's emotional needs postpartum and even in pregnancy are, are not on the whole well met. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, hopefully we're seeing some change in that area. And maybe part of it is that we need to shift this conversation away from the physical aesthetic aspect towards those harder questions. Yeah, that's been also an interesting experience too. Being someone, I'm pretty open about having 
gone to therapy, am currently going to therapy, sort of being anxiously oriented and just having that be a part of my day-to-day life. So I try to be open with providers about it. And it feels like I had one doctor who was like, when I was having trouble sleeping early on in the pregnancy, which I was like, I'm sure that this is normal. And it was a different kind of trouble sleeping than I'd had prior to getting pregnant. And so I was just hoping that there was something that they could advise me on or like say, you can take a Benadryl if you need to, you know, like that's totally fine. And she was really pushing an SSRI because I had also mentioned that I have like generalized anxiety and she was really pushing it. And I was like, okay, I'll consider that. But if there's anything else we can try before then, that would be great. And this pregnancy, like the the timing of things in my life in this pregnancy have been really crazy. I've been in two car accidents and most recently last week we were just rear-ended. So, but I felt it in my belly. So we went into the hospital and I was monitored for three hours and everything was fine. But they ask you all the standard questions. And I had said something, I don't even remember what the question was, but I said something about being anxious. And it was like, oh, you know, like suddenly, well, okay. And she looks at my husband, you're probably going to notice if anything goes wrong before she does. You know, talking about postpartum depression, which is great that they are Mm -hmm. investigating that and asking those questions. But it felt, again, like a lot of assumptions were being made that I was like, probably going to struggle and probably don't currently have the skills to deal with anxiety. Wow, that is a whole other conversation we could probably record another episode about. Yeah. 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 So it, I don't know. It's I feel like that conversation around the emotional piece is newer and people are less comfortable with it, like you said. Yeah. But I really just invite people to consider that as something to say you know, to, to have a conversation around with a pregnant friend that might be much more meaningful for her than congratulations. <laughs> so how would you, good. how would you like to receive that question? Cause I imagine that people might be like, okay, I'm supposed to ask pregnant friends about their mental and emotional health, but how do I even yeah. open up that conversation? I liked what you said about like, you wish that, that your aunt would have shared more about, you know, how, how she coped with having a kid, right? You know, could could starting with one's own experience be part of it? Yeah. I feel like one of the questions I've, I feel like I've been less bothered by is like, are you feeling overwhelmed at all? Mm -hmm. You know, especially as I get closer to my due date. And that feels like it really, at least for me, opens up that conversation. Like they're acknowledging the possibility that that could exist in a, in a person who's you know, welcoming a baby in the world. And oh my gosh, it's such a great thing. But there's also a lot you have to think about and do and take care of. And it is overwhelming. And so I've appreciated that the question being opened up kind of in that way. It feels more curious to me than how are, how am I feeling? Because I'm like, well, do you mean physically mm-hmm. or emotionally? So yeah, I think that's been a really nice way to get that conversation started. And then it feels like it's kind of like I can say, I don't know, like I have more autonomy in answering that question rather than I have to say thank you to the compliment about how my body looks. Because if I don't say thank you, am I just being rude or overly sensitive? Hmm. And how would, how have you been responding to body comments? I mean, I've just said thank you. Mm -hmm. I haven't 
I guess, indulged the conversation. Yeah. Like I don't share, oh yeah, well I'm eating right and da da da. Like yeah. I just, I just say thanks a lot. <laughs> and when at, at my baby shower, when that was sort of being pressed about like how good I looked and because I was exercising, I was just like, yeah, thanks. I mean, it's, I'm, it, I'm not doing a ton, you know, yeah. and really just tried to be honest and then literally just change the subject. It felt like a lot of work to do that. It's easy to just sort of like slip down that slope and just get into the whole, you know, let me tell you how I've been eating and, and how often I exercise and all that stuff. But it's just not interesting to me. And part of me wants to sort of challenge those around me to not just have that conversation over and over again. I feel like women get in that trap so easily. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the what when you were just talking just now, I was thinking back to probably my own baby shower and people saying similar things. And I know what I was thinking. And I think what, what I said at the time was like, yeah, thanks. My body feels like crap. (laughs) (laughs) Like you can't tell from what's on the outside what's going on on the inside. Cause I had a handful of issues that never jeopardized the baby, but that were extremely physically uncomfortable for me. And it it was almost like since the baby was healthy, that suck it up and deal with those physical, you know, uncomfortable things. And I was Mm -hmm. like, great. At least I look fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a really, yeah, valid. And like how much of that you share is totally up to you, you know, but it really made me think about like, if I was not, like, if I was just in a bigger body and pregnant, would I be getting the, oh, you're so cute comments? Would I be getting, oh, you're doing it right comments, you know, or would people, would people even say much at all? You know, I really, I really do wonder what that experience is like. Yeah. And I definitely hope to have future guests on this show share whatever their experiences were in in all kinds of body sizes during pregnancy, because I think it says a lot about what the messages we receive culturally about how our pregnancies should be, quote unquote. And, you know, it can, it can have an impact down the line in terms of your own body image and, you know, your children's body image, even, you know, because these things Mm -hmm. trickle down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm super curious, what was that comeback you had lined up for the woman in the grocery store who never actually? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So my neighbor, she's got a great sense of humor. She's had two boys. And so she, I don't know, I think they were living in Texas. And so it might be a regional thing. People here in Montana are really like, you sort of leave each other alone. It's very everyone just takes care of themselves. So maybe that's part of it. But she said in like older women would touch her stomach just out of nowhere. So she just touched them back right <laughs> in the same spot. So it wasn't even, I'm, I'm sure she would say something, but she just would do that. And it really made people aware of how like invasive and then intrusive yeah. that is. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I'd also like to know, you know, especially considering that you work with women on their body images, if, you know, a woman's in the position during her pregnancy and she receives a comment that she perceives as unwelcome for any reason, whether it's positive or negative, what would you want that woman to know in terms of how she's going to internalize that message and, you know, how she can sort of coach herself through it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, I mean, that's a great question. I think it's so different person to person, but I think really take stock of the things that you know you're doing right for you. It's something I talk about a lot with clients. 
about body image, but also decisions around food and this sort of big, scary idea of health. You know, I think it's one of the things that intuitive eating and health at every size really butts up against is like, well, but am I putting myself at risk for these potential issues if I let myself have cinnamon rolls or if I let myself weigh what my body wants to weigh or be the shape and size it is? Yeah. So I talk a lot with women about, or any client about like, what's your personal health profile? You know, we've got these like metrics that uh, doctors love to tick off and go through, you know, cholesterol levels and BMI and, and blah, blah, blah. And with pregnant ladies, it's, you know, blood pressure and how you're gaining weight and all that stuff. And you know, some of that is certainly useful parts of the picture, but you know, what's your personal health profile? Like what are the things that you know are important for taking care of yourself and, and your body tells you feel good? help you feel good. So is it, you know, eating throughout the day and making sure you're eating enough? Is it not weighing yourself? Is it, you know, how are your bowels working? Are you pooping regularly? You know, that makes a big difference in how our body feels. And, you know, and mental, the, the mental health piece too, are you doing things that help you take care of yourself there as well? And so really taking stock of like, of those things that you know are important. So it takes, sometimes it takes work to get there, especially if there's a lot of chatter in the head about, well, but you know, this is still wrong and I'm still too big or my belly's growing too fast. Or, you know, they said I was bigger than they expected me to be. So it, it's a mental exercise for sure. But that's something that I have had to do over and over again. I'm, even though I work in this field, I am not impervious. Obviously I've been upset by a lot of this stuff and just like, okay, like I know I'm taking care of myself in the best way I know how, and there's a lot on my plate. And so this is how I know how to focus my energy. And if something's really going wrong, I trust my doctors. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It sounds like maybe we can remind women that if they get a comment about their body that doesn't make them feel great to remind themselves that another person's priorities about your body are not your priorities about your body. Yes. And, and That's to, be, great. to be really, you know, I mean, and certainly it's something that we all have to work on in terms of like, what are our priorities about our bodies? But especially when we are becoming mothers, this is something to think about in terms of you know, what's the kind of body culture we want to be cultivating in our family? You know, not that pregnant women don't have a zillion other things to think about, but <laughs> take some time to think about like, what are your priorities for your body? What you're probably going to come up with is, is, you know, health and you know, confidence and, you know, autonomy and things that are not aesthetic necessarily. And, you know, and if, if aesthetics are important to you, that's totally fine. Our culture puts a lot of pressure on women to feel that way. But, you know, remind yourself that somebody else's priorities about your body have nothing to do with your, your own health and your own priorities about your body, pregnant or not. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think it looks yeah. so different person to person. And so maybe it is like, yeah, my body feels like crap, mm -hmm. but I'm going to put makeup on today because mm -hmm. I know that that helps me just like yeah. feel like I'm taking care of myself yeah. or, you know, dress nicely or just wear comfortable clothes. Mm -hmm. There's no right way. But just, you know, getting really familiar with what feels best for you and standing by it. Sometimes I feel like I have to defend some of those choices, like, you know, to the death. But it's just, <laughs> that's what I found is really 
how people don't get sucked into scary places with especially food and body and and all of that is just finding what's really real for you. Yeah, so important. Well, Megan, this has been such an awesome conversation. I'm so glad you came on the show to chat and and that I caught yeah. you. <laughs> I caught you before the little baby comes. So I definitely wish you all the best in, in your birth and recovery and great health for your kid. Thank you. Do you want to tell us where we can find you or interested in more about your work? Sure. There's not. I have a website. <laughs> it's meganwilmacknutrition.com. And my name is spelled with an H that can trip people up, <laughs> but I'm sure that'll be in the podcast. Yeah. In the show notes. Book. Yeah. So yeah, I have a website. I have a little private practice in Bozeman, Montana. If you're in Montana, I do telehealth as well. It's a massive state and it's hard to drive around, especially this time of year. So if you're looking for a dietitian and you don't live close to Bozeman, still reach out. I have a Facebook page. It's Megan Womack Nutrition also, but I'm not super active on there. So I That's really admire that because social media is such a time suck. So oh my gosh. I, love that. I don't even know how I would. I feel like I'd just be like fired up all the time. So that's something that I have in terms of self-care that I'm just not going to go down that road quite yet. I love it. Well, thank you, Megan, so much. And I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you have thoughts about our expectations of women's bodies during or after or before pregnancy or a personal story of how other people have treated your body, I hope you'll share it in the Messy Intersection podcast community on Facebook. Just text hello to my phone number, 405-407-MESS. That's actually 405-407-6377. The number will also be in the show notes for this episode. And I will send the link to join the Facebook group right to your phone. I promise it's not an opt-in for lots of spammy marketing texts. It's just an easy way to connect. The Facebook group is also where you'll find a link to the free resource I created on the division of responsibility in child feeding, which my guest Amber and I discussed on last week's show. Now, I don't know how many other podcasts you listen to, but if it's any at all, you are perhaps familiar with the host ever so sweetly asking you to please rate and review the show. So, dear listener... If you like what you're hearing on The Messy Intersection, would you be so kind as to rate and review the show? Usually you just scroll down a bit from the episode in your podcast player and there's a little button that says write a review. You might see some stars and you can select a number of stars. As you may have heard other hosts say, having reviews and ratings really helps the show out in the search rankings so that more people can discover it. So from one mom to another please rate my show and don't forget to text hello to 405-407-MESS so we can connect off the air. Until next week, embrace the mess.